最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。The visit of Abe Akie, the widow of former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, is coming to an end. On Wednesday, she sat with President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ching-de in two separate meetings. Both Taiwan's leaders expressed their gratitude for the former politician's work to deepen the friendship between Japan and Taiwan. Tsai made special mention of Abe's contributions to bilateral ties, both in and out of office. Abe 前首相是以行动表达对台湾的支持。我们都记得疫情期间 ，Prime Minister Abe Shinzo expressed his support for Taiwan with action. We all remember how, during the pandemic, the former prime minister led an effort to secure a donation of 4.2 million AstraZeneca vaccines from the Japanese government for Taiwan. He said that a problem for Taiwan was a problem for Japan, which further shows the importance he attached to Taiwan. Exchanges between Taiwan and Japan have grown closer and closer. We have proven to be partners that share the values of freedom and democracy. Partners who can help each other to form a virtuous circle, and who can contribute to global democracy and prosperity. In the aftermath of the 2011 Tohoku earthquake, Taiwan donated a large amount of relief funds to Japan. My late husband was shocked, and he was extremely grateful for the assistance from everyone in Taiwan. I feel that that created a very good collaborative relationship between the presidents of Taiwan and my late husband, which is why our two countries enjoy the deep friendship they have today. Former Foreign Minister Mark Chen even established a scholarship in honor of Abe Shinzo. During my visit, I met with the Japanese students on exchange in Taiwan thanks to the scholarship. I sincerely hope that young people in both our countries will continue to deepen our ties, and I will personally continue the legacy of my late husband and do all I can to promote the development of Taiwan and Japan. Last year, Vice President Lai traveled to Japan to pay respects to the late PM and met with Abe Akie. During their meeting on Wednesday, Lai was visibly emotional and even choked up, reminiscing on their past conversations. Lai said that Abe Shinzo had been Japan's most pro-Taiwan prime minister, and was like a close friend. He said that though he may be gone, their friendship will forever live on in his heart. AIT Director Sandra Oddkirk held a press conference Wednesday where she answered questions about Taiwan's upcoming presidential election, Vice President Lai's contested diplomatic visit in August, and the AIT's plans to expand its Neihu complex. With criticism coming from both across the Taiwan Strait and Taiwan itself, Altkirk expressed the U.S.'s views tactfully. Wow, we have a lot of cameras today. America Institute and Taiwan Director Sandra Altkirk on Wednesday held her third press conference since she took office in 2021. With Taiwan's upcoming presidential election on everybody's minds, Altkirk, speaking on behalf of her country, said the U.S. 
doesn't pick sides. The United States will not take sides in the election, and we oppose interference by any external forces. They said that uh, might scale back uh, to four months. We don't scold them or tell them you should do this or you should do that. But what we are trying to do is really ensure that the candidates understand where we are, what our positions are. And we'll interpret that, then I'll answer the conscription question. The IT press conference also featured this week's hot button issue. Vice President Lai Ching's August visit to Paraguay, which includes transits in the U.S. The IT is letting China know to think before they act. This is in fact, this will in fact be the second transit that Vice President Lai has had. There is absolutely no reason for the PRC to use the transit as a pretext um, for any sort of provocative action. And we certainly hope that they don't. The AIT complex is planning an expansion, but this construction project has been met with resistance by nearby residents. Odkirk, once again, had an answer on the ready. We want to be a good neighbor. Uh, a third of AIT's American staff lives in the greater Nehu region. We're a part of this community, too. With a friendly yet firm approach, Odkirk said that the AIT wants to continue to be good friends with Taiwan, as well as residents in Nehu. A bust of Lai Qingde was sold as part of a charity auction put on by a group of Lai supporters currently living in the eastern United States. The lifelike statue sold for $100,000, all of which will go to Lai's campaign. The statue's creator is a local artist currently residing in the U.S., but a few years ago, the sculptor was living in his hometown of Tainan when the deadly 2016 southern Taiwan earthquake struck. The sincerity and care that Lai showed as Tainan's mayor still touch his heart to this day. Okay, the auction gavel strikes the podium, announcing a bust of a man has been sold for 100,000 U.S. dollars at a charity auction held by Lai Qingde supporters living in the eastern United States. And who is this statue immortalizing? None other than presidential candidate Lai Qingde. Upon seeing the lifelike statue, Lai Qingde himself gave his stamp of approval, saying it looked a lot like the real person. The bust is the work of Guo Jiaxuan, a Taiwanese artist from Tainan who is currently living in the U.S. When Guo heard Mayor Lai was going to run for president, he immediately went to work on a statue in order to help raise funds for his campaign. Guo's support for Lai is entirely based on Lai's response when Tainan City's 17-floor Weiguan building collapsed in an earthquake in 2016. I remember it was some time before the Lunar New Year. No one knew what to do, but Mayor Lai arrived on the scene right away and he quickly established a disaster rescue center. We were local residents, and for several days in a row, you'd see the mayor on the scene every day. I remember one time the mayor was there in the middle of the night. It just really touched my heart. It just shows you what a politician can do. I'd say it was him showcasing what a doctor is meant to do. Guo said that back then, Lai wasn't sleeping as he watched over the high-rise building's rescue effort. This image of Lai remains in the residents' minds even after all these years. Every day we'd see him, and his eyes kept getting more and more bloodshot, which told us he wasn't sleeping. And then his shoes. I remember there was a photo that showed his shoes were coming apart, so I knew that this man is a hard worker. He wasn't putting on a show when this event happened. He's not like your ordinary politician.
一起去的外国本地啦。Guo hasn't returned to his hometown of Tainan for four years, but he said he definitely will be back in January to vote and show his support for Lai Qingde, who Guo hopes can continue to lead Taiwan on its journey to becoming an influential nation. Airlines in Taiwan are expanding their destinations amid a surge in demand for international tourism. EVA Air launched direct flights to the northern Italian city of Milan in May. Meanwhile, Starlux is getting ready to start services to Clark International Airport in the Philippines in August, Japan's Kumamoto in September, and San Francisco in the U.S. by year's end. Also, China Airlines on Tuesday launched its first flight to the capital city of Czechia, Prague. The maiden flight took off with 306 passengers, all of whom were able to enjoy meals prepared in partnership with a three-star Michelin restaurant in Taiwan. Prague is China Airlines' sixth destination in Europe and will be serviced with two return flights every week. Travelers were received in Prague by Senate President Miloš Vystrčil to show the close ties between Taiwan and Czechia. Taoyuan International Airport has been ranked as the third best airport in the world for food, according to a recent review conducted by the travel website Radical Storage. The review says the airport's main draws are the affordability of catching a pre-flight bite, as well as the good taste of the food on offer. Despite the high ranking, the airport's business association says it aspires to do even better to provide internationally appealing dining options. Brown sugar tapioca pearls glisten in the pot as sweet and chewy treats. They join the pancake batter on the griddle, while the other half of the wheel cake gets a dollop of creamy milk tea custard. The two sides are joined and stamped with a hot iron in the shape of Taiwan and Taipei 101. This is Taiwan in a snack. An unctuous topping of braised meat goes on the rice, served with a side of shredded bamboo shoots. Even daily staples like this are available as some of the food options at Taoyuan International Airport. A local coffee chain has also set up shop here, looking to attract business class travelers with first-rate service. We've adapted to airport operations using a brand new production system. For example, look at the efficiency. Everyone thinks that brewing coffee by hand is kind of a slow process. In our shops outside the airport, it takes about three to four minutes. But at the airport, we have set up a novel brewing process so that it takes just one and a half minutes. All these delicacies have put Taoyuan International Airport on the world map. Luggage storage service provider Radical Storage recently conducted a review of the world's 100 busiest airports to find the best food options. Taoyuan International Airport came in at number three thanks to its cheap eats and positive consumer ratings. Topping the list was Incheon International Airport in South Korea and Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport in the U.S. I think Taoyuan International Airport has actually improved a lot in these past few years because of the pandemic. I think it's good to have food from all around the world here, but I think we can do even better. We can aim to be like Singapore Jiangyi Airport. If we had more shopping options, I think it would be even better for our economy. Members of the public say they hope to see more traditional food at the airport to give travelers a taste of Taiwan. 
Experts say part of the reason the airport ranked well is because of the way it plans out its food courts and office tenders. That has drawn in popular eateries and even restaurants recommended by the prestigious Michelin Guide. The wide variety of options and inclusion of local flavors is key. We respond as fast as possible to all the feedback from passengers. Businesses conduct reviews on how to improve their service capacity and improve quality. Since we're facing a labor shortage and rising food prices, we need to make an even bigger effort. As the pandemic comes to an end, business has resumed rapidly at Taoyuan International Airport amid an explosion in passenger numbers. The gateway to Taiwan is taking every step necessary to maintain its place as a key air transport hub in Asia. Five batches of eggs imported from Turkey have been found to be contaminated with traces of nitrofurans, which are carcinogenic. All in all, about 127 tons of eggs have been affected and all will be returned to Turkey or destroyed. The import was carried out by the National Animal Industry Foundation as part of a government plan to stabilize the supply of eggs amid a shortage in production in Taiwan. The foundation says it will seek 5 million NT in compensation from Turkey. Back in March, the Council of Agriculture launched a short-term egg import scheme to mitigate an egg shortage in Taiwan. That resulted in a large number of chicken eggs getting shipped in from around the world. On Tuesday, the Food and Drug Administration announced that five batches of eggs imported from Turkey, totaling about 127 tons, had been found to be contaminated with traces of cancer-causing nitrofurans. We found nitrofurans, which are drugs banned for use in animals in Taiwan. Any country that wants to sell food products in Taiwan has to abide by our food safety laws, so these five batches from Turkey will be returned or destroyed. A toxicologist says that in animal trials, nitrofurans have been proven to increase the chances of contracting cancer when ingested in large quantities. Nitrofurans are antibiotics. They are used to raise laying hens to prevent disease and treat infections. Through animal trials, we know that these kinds of nitrofurin antibiotics increase the risk of cancer. The National Animal Industry Foundation, which started procuring eggs from Turkey in April, says it has terminated the import of eggs from the country and will seek 5 million NT in compensation. If any future need arises to import eggs from the country, it will require Turkish authorities to conduct tests before shipping. We will seek more than 1 million NT in compensation from Turkey. In the future, if we need to import eggs, we will preferably work with countries whose eggs have tested negative for traces of banned substances. This incident is the first case of contamination in imported eggs. The FDA says that besides returning or destroying all contaminated eggs, it will maintain border checks on every batch imported, so that the problematic eggs do not enter the Taiwan market. With Taiwan's egg production set to stabilize in July, the FDA says no food companies have applied to continue importing eggs from abroad. A Malayan taper in Taipei Zoo called Mokuk sadly passed away on Tuesday afternoon from a suspected heat stroke. Zookeepers say the taper's health had deteriorated fast from exhibiting exhaustion a few days ago to a sharp decline in his condition on Monday. Veterinarians tried to keep him alive via intubation on Tuesday to no avail. Mm-hmm. 
The trajectory of his health was a big challenge for our veterinarians because his health deteriorated very fast. On Monday, he wouldn't eat anything and feeding him through a drip would have been extremely difficult. There was a possibility that he was just tired. On Monday, we gave him some medication to lower his temperature and some antibiotics. But we weren't expecting that yesterday, Tuesday, his condition became more severe very fast. By the time the vets had arrived, it was too late to do any further treatment. His breathing and heartbeat stopped at around 2 p.m. It is very, very unfortunate. Taipei Zoo says an autopsy will be conducted on Thursday to determine whether the cause of death was heat stroke or an infection. Tests have been carried out on Morka's mate, Molly, and all have returned normal. Morka was born in 2015 in Prague Zoo in the Czech Republic. He was brought to Taiwan in 2018 and fathered two baby tapers, Mordo and Mohuado. The zoo will hold a memorial for Morka at a later date. A new immersive art exhibition has opened at Taipei's National Palace Museum, inviting visitors to travel back in time. The exhibition showcases the museum's collection of artifacts and paintings through an animated production. One highlight is a showcase of Jesuit missionary Giuseppe Castiglione's works. Our reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Walk in the exhibition hall and you will find animations of flower and bird paintings by Giuseppe Castiglione projected on the walls. Castiglione was a Jesuit missionary as well as a Qing court painter. Another room is an immersive theater playing two animations, Trail of Master Painter and Journey Through the Four Seasons. With the real-time audio and video, the audience can immerse themselves in the paintings. Trail of Master Painter presents Castiglione's journey from Italy to China, reflecting the process of introducing techniques of Western painting to the Eastern Imperial Court. Meanwhile, Journey Through the Four Seasons showcases the museum's collections of landscape paintings. This is a new immersive exhibition held by the National Palace Museum. They are amazing. The technology is amazing. Yeah, I loved it, yes. Well, we, we both live in Spain. We have a family in Spain. And we decided to come to Taiwan to do some tourism. We just want to learn more about the culture, mm-hmm. about the History. historical background of the people. I think um, art and culture is very linked to behavior. The museum hopes that the immersive art exhibition will draw in more visitors, not only from Taiwan, but also abroad. This exhibition is a very new breakthrough for us. It transforms the cultural relics of the museum into immersive dynamic images. So far, we have had an average of more than 10,000 visits a month. Currently, the fastest increase in international tourists is from South Korea, which accounts for almost 40%. The exhibition will be held at the National Palace Museum in Taipei till October 4th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Jun Hao in Taipei. A Cambodian entrepreneur is showing students how to weave their own bags from soft rushes. Fan Silong has brought Taiwan a trend from her native Cambodia, water hyacinth weaving. But she has replaced the Cambodian plant with a species that's more common in her new home, the soft rushes. Her students say the crafting class is a relaxing cultural experience and they get to take home their own work. Fan's business has received the seal of approval from the National Immigration Agency, which is supporting her to make her dreams a reality.
Handmade bags fashioned from water hyacinth are a Cambodian craze right now. The water hyacinth is an aquatic plant. It's harvested and dried out, then used to weave these handbags. Fan Silung teaches this class where Taiwanese students can learn a handicraft and get to know a little of Cambodian culture. We are a river nation, rivers and lakes, so there's water hyacinth everywhere, and we want it to be eco-friendly and have something we can reuse. A common water weed becomes a fashionable summer accessory. Fun confidently teaches students how to weave, but the common Cambodian material is rarer in Taiwan. So Fun switched to teaching the class with soft rushes and integrates her heritage with Taiwan's ecology. I want to integrate Taiwan and local revival. I thought, what reed does Taiwan have that I can use to replace water hyacinth? Then I found the short-leaf Malacca galangala and soft rush of Yunlin and thought that would work. It's very relaxing. You don't really need to use your mind. You just do what the teacher says because she's right there teaching you. Students in Fan's class learn how to use the traditional techniques of rush weaving. They can be minimalist or given more artistic flair to create a more finished-looking product. When they're woven, they're plain like this. When you've finished weaving, you want to design your own. For example, some of my students wanted to write on it who they wanted to give it to, or your own name is possible too. If you don't want to write a name, you can design a picture. For example, I bought some cloth to make my own decoration. Fan's creativity has won her the approval and funding of the National Immigration Agency. At her event, a Cambodian mom of three's girl power dreams, she shared how her dreams are taking root and sprouting in her adopted home. Fan's classes have been planned and prepared for a long time. Now she's finally seeing the fruits. Her craft skills produce beautiful products, but even more than that, weave lasting connections between people and cultures.